This is the day the Lord hath made, so let us rejoice and be glad in it. I'm so delighted you've joined me tonight for this ministry, and I pray as always that the message, both in word and music, will be a blessing to your life. Now I'd like for you to hear, please, the reading of God's Word from the Gospel of John, chapter 1, beginning at verse 10. Hear these words. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood, or the will of the flesh, or the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of the Father, only Son, full of grace and truth. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Join me, please, for a word of prayer, please. O God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, which art our strength and our redeemer. Amen. As he was rushing through the airport, a minister friend said, he saw a young fellow standing there with a T-shirt. The words across the T-shirt read like this, been there, done that, and got the T-shirt. Do you ever get the feeling that when you think about Christmas that you've sort of been there and done that? It's the same old story, often told in the same old way. Nothing ever changes. You don't think it's going to be any different or any exciting, and it usually isn't. So consequently, the same thing happens again and again. On the other hand, I would expect that many of you who are watching and listening to this program realize that Christmas is a special event. And it's not only special because it occurred 2,000 years ago, it's special because it's occurring right now. With this in mind, I'd like for us to hear again afresh these words of John. Listen. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. The writer is saying that the true meaning of Christmas is found in the coming of Jesus to the earth. And if we're going to come to an understanding of the true meaning of Christmas, we're going to have to understand why Jesus came. First of all, Jesus came to clear up our confusion about God. He came to clear up our confusion about God. The most persistent quest of humankind has been to find a more perfect knowledge of God. Oh, that I wish that I knew where I could find him is the longing not only of Job, but of the deepest recesses of the human spirit itself. This age-old desire is also expressed by the psalmist when he says, My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and behold the face of God? Even children in their delightful letters to God reflect this thirst for God. Listen to a few of their letters. Dear God, in Sunday school they told us what you do. Who does it when you're on vacation? Jane. Dear God, are you invisible or is that just a trick? Larry. Dear God, how do you feel about people who don't believe in you? Somebody else wants to know. A friend, Billy. There's a little seven-year-old boy that had been outside playing, and his mother called him in for supper. He came right in, jumped up in his chair, picked up his fork, and was ready to eat. And she looked at him and said, No, Tommy, wait. You have germs on your hands. You've got to go wash your hands. So he got down out of the chair he ran to the restroom, he washed his hands, he ran back, he jumped up into the chair, he grabbed his fork, and he was prepared to eat. But then his mother said, wait, Tommy, we've got to have a blessing. We've got to thank God for the food. 
And so again, he bowed his head and he waited, but then he muttered some words like this. He said, germs and God, germs and God, that's all I ever hear around here, and I ain't seen neither one of them yet. And who of us, out of our own experience, does not long to find God? For instance, some who are going through the valley of the shadow certainly hunger and thirst for God. When we experience some great moment of achievement, we reach out to the eternal. When we come to the point of our limitation, we also reach out for God. We hunger and thirst for God. If the truth were known, all of us long for God all the time. Oh, that I knew where I might find Him. And then suddenly, suddenly, there He is on Christmas Day. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. His name should be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, when this writer says that the Word was God and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, he's making a tremendous assertion. He is asserting that the divine mystery, his will, his heart, and his mind can be understood and is revealed in the Word. In Jesus of Bethlehem of Nazareth, crucified and risen. That is an absolutely profound thing to say. A minister said one night he was invited to a Christmas party and he said there was an electric train set below the Christmas tree and he said one of the children was playing with the train set and the child got the train going so fast that it overran the track. So then the child leaned over and was trying to put the train back on the track. The host saw what was going on and went over and said, listen, you can't put the train back on the track from up here. You have to get down beside it and place it on the track that way. And so essentially he went over and he got down beside the train and he put it back on the track. Essentially, that's what God has done for us at Christmas. God has come down and he's gotten beside us and he's placed the train back on the track. The world will understand. In the dark days of the Depression, Clarence Darrow spoke to an African-American church in Chicago. These people were poor. Most of them didn't have jobs. He commented on their trouble, but then he said, you know, you have been joyfully singing. And then he said, what do you have to sing about? And whether he expected an answer or not, he received an answer. One little woman jumped up and said, we've got Jesus to sing about. And so we have. And so we have. Thomas Aquinas was one of the world's great theologians. It is said that toward the end of his life, he stopped writing. His secretary couldn't understand it and said, listen, your work is not finished. This is how Thomas Aquinas answered his secretary. Brother Reginald, when I was at prayer a few months ago, I experienced something about the reality of Jesus Christ. That day I lost all my appetite for writing. In fact, all I have ever written about Christ seems now to be nothing but straw. Hear me now. Whatever you think of Christ, Christ is so much bigger than any possible thought you can have. Years ago, one of the commentators on the TV program 60 Minutes gave this unusual word before Christmas. This is what he said. The birth of God on earth. He said it leaves you with only three ways of accepting Christmas. One is cynically, one is graciously, and the third, of course, is reverently. If this is the anniversary of the appearance of God of the universe in the form of a helpless child, 
then it's a very, very important day. Jesus came to earth to clear up our confusion about God. And then Jesus came to offer us a wider possibility, a wider possibility. Acknowledged or not, we are all creatures of God. For without him was not anything made that was made. But because we are spoiled, self-centered, rebellious creatures, we need a new beginning, a new life, a new orientation toward God and toward others and toward ourselves. Simply stated, the rebellious creature in us must become the adopted, obedient child. Let me say that again. The rebellious creature in us must become the obedient, adoptive child. Ellsworth Callis is a professor at Asbury, a homiletician, a writer, and all of that. He remembered a class in sociology he had over 50 years ago, and he said they were talking about personality types. And the professor said, you know, there is such a thing as a king-type person, one who wants to be the boss, one who wants to run things. Dr. Callis said this lady sitting next to him, this girl, did not even know him, and she looked at him and said, that's your type. Well, Dr. Callis said he didn't know whether to just think she was brash and was just uh, unduly free with her opinions. But then he got to thinking she was right. I am that way. But then he said, don't get too comfortable because you are that way too. He said, all of us want to be kings and queens. Some of us don't have very big thrones, but we make the best of it. We make the best of it. I reiterated, simply stated, we rebellious creatures must become obedient, adoptive children of God. How? The writer of John's gospel says, But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave the power to become the children of God. Not long ago, I was sitting in a meeting of leaders of the community. We got to talking about justice, and somebody said, That's a matter of the heart. Everybody has good and bad in them. They said, The point is, it's for the good to overcome the bad. How does that happen? How does that happen? But God said, whoever received him and believed in his name, he gave the power to become the children of God. Let me tell you something. Years ago, when I was the associate pastor in Decatur, there was a woman by the name of Ruth Eisman Sherrill. She was the first woman to ever make the FBI top ten list. She and a cohort named Gary Crisp buried an Emory co-ed alive. They actually buried that girl in the ground. After some time, they found the co-ed alive, thank God, and she and Gary Crisp were also sentenced. Well, they were holding her in the jail in DeKalb County. And so the lawyer, who was a friend of mine, asked me if, if I would go by to see her because she didn't have anybody else to visit her. She was from Honduras. And so I went to see her. As a matter of fact, I visited her on several occasions. The last time I visited with her, she gave me a beautiful picture that she had sketched. You know what the sketch was about? It was a sketch of Jesus. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave the power to become the children of God. There was a man who was converted to Christ, and one of his unconverted friends said, So you were converted to Christ. You must know a lot about him. Where was he born? I don't know. Where did he die? I don't know. How many sermons did he preach? I don't know. For someone who's supposed to be converted, you don't know a whole lot about Jesus. He said, no, I don't, and I'm ashamed of it. He said, but I do know this. Three years ago, I was a drunkard. 
We were in deep debt. My family couldn't stand the sight of me. They didn't want me to even be around. But he said, now, three years later, I stopped drinking. We are out of debt. Our family is happy. And they love having me come home at night. And he said, this I do know. All of this happened through Jesus Christ. This I do know. All that happened through Jesus Christ. Arl Palmer once played golf a bunch of exhibition matches in Saudi Arabia. When he finished, the king said he wanted to give Palmer a gift. Arl Palmer said, that's not necessary. I'm just happy that I was invited and I'm honored to be here. The king said, no, I will be offended if you don't let me give you a gift. So Arnold Palmer said, well, why don't you just give me a golf club? That will be a wonderful memento of my visit. The next day, delivered to Palmer's hotel, was the title of a deed to a golf club with thousands and thousands of acres, traps, and lakes. It was absolutely a beautiful sight. The moral of this story is, don't ask for small blessings when the king is present. Don't ask for small blessings when the king is present. A new life, a new orientation toward God, others, and self, that's what is made available to us through Jesus Christ. That is the great possibility of Christmas. And then thirdly, Jesus also came to remind us that we are family. Now, I hope I'm not stretching this text. If I am, just call it preacher privilege. But if the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth, and it was for us, it was for all humankind as well. In other words, we can understand that this was for family, for family. And certainly this is a message that's needed in our fearful world, in a world full of danger, in a world full of violence, in a world full of prejudice and turmoil. It's wonderful to hear a message that Jesus came to remind us that we are family, and he did. He came to remind us that we are family. Let me ask you something. If you were asked to define love, how would you do it? Would you go to a textbook or another novel and say, this is what love is like? Or would you go to a lecturer who's talking about love and say, this is what love is? Or would you go somewhere else and do something else to help them understand love? The best way to define love is to love the questioner. Just simply to love the questioner. So how do you define mother? I looked up the word mother in the dictionary. It means a female parent. Certainly that's true. That's what mother does mean. But mother means so much more. If we want to define mother, what do we do? We get a loving mother and put that mother down in the midst of us and we observe her loving and caring for her family and friends. That's how we do it. Well, how do we define family? How do we define family? The Word became flesh and dwelt among us full of grace and truth. Jesus said the great commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. When we live out our love in terms of God and neighbor, that's when we can define family. We live it out in terms of understanding, in terms of justice, in terms of reconciliation, in terms of prayer, in terms of comfort, in terms of all of these things, we live it out before the family. You know, I read a story about a 12-year-old girl. Her name was Terry. She was babysitting for her little brother. She went out to get the mail, and when she turned around to her horror, she saw the house was on fire. 
It was burning quickly. It was engulfed. So she raced back in the house to get her little brother. When she got in there, the little brother was pinned by a falling rafter, and he was stuck. Well, she worked and worked and worked. The flames began to dance all around her, but she kept working, and finally she freed her brother, and they ran outside just in time before the roof fell in on the house. Well, people gathered. The fire people got there. Neighbors got there. They were concerned, but they were not concerned enough to go inside to do anything about the burning house. But they were impressed with this girl's bravery. And they said to her, it's unbelievable that you would go back into that house. Weren't you scared? What were you thinking about? She said, I wasn't thinking about anything. I just heard my little brother crying. Let me ask you, how long has it been? How long has it been since you and I heard our brothers and sisters crying? Better still, how long has it been since we actually did something about it? Listen again to this word. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. Jesus came to clear up our confusion about God. Jesus came to offer us a greater, wider opportunity. And Jesus came to remind us that we are family. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for the beautiful message of this Christmas season, a time when we are reminded of what we mean to you and what we're supposed to be meaning to one another. We ask, O oh God, that you would guide us and bless us as we seek to come to a renewed understanding of our opportunities and responsibilities as we have Christ living in us here and now. Thank you again for this time together. It's in your name. Amen. Again, people frequently ask me, what is Hal Brady Ministries all about? And I simply want to say, Hal Brady Ministries is about presenting the gospel of Jesus Christ in a vital, biblical, relevant way. It's about encouraging people and reminding them that there is still God. No matter what's happening, there is still God. If you would like to partner with us in this ministry through your prayer or your financial support, we would appreciate it very much. Thank you again. Have a good evening.